Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mindset to Mastery, the podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes by equipping people to embrace and manage change. And um, on this podcast, it's 30 minutes of guests and interviews and commentary and strategies and tips. And right now, this is being recorded in the midst of two huge events. Um, one is the COVID-19 pandemic that is affecting everyone globally. And um, secondly, in the U.S., there were two recent incidences um, that just perpetuate the whole Black Lives Matter and, 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 and racism and what we're dealing with as a society um, in terms of people being seen as less than. And so my guest today is... Um, Atena, I, I met her via a, um, a systemic diversity and inclusion group on LinkedIn, and she and I started talking. She actually lives in Switzerland, um, which I want to go, <laughs> but it's amazing how um, issues regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion, and justice, and the isms of discrimination and racism and sexism and so on, basically are worldwide issues not just existing here in the U.S. So welcome um, to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's very nice of you. <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to talk, and, and she and I actually started um, this little bit of a conversation before we started recording. So <laughs> I wanted to, I was like, oh, this is getting good. We need to go ahead and press record on this. But working in the world of diversity and equity and inclusion on a global scale, you're in Switzerland, you've worked with the UN and, and, and you've you know, had experiences working in, Austra you know, in Australia and, and living in so many different places. People tend to think that diversity and inclusion is just a checkbox. You know, as long as we are complying with making sure we're hiring the right number of people and we have the right mix and, and so on and so forth, then we're in compliance and we're good. Um, as you look at diversity, equity, and inclusion from a global perspective, what do you see as being where we are right now based on where we started? Do you see this as getting better? Do you see people kind of being more open to understanding what this really means? Or do we need to just blow the whole thing up and start all over again? I'd love to get your perspective from just the global sense of seeing how DNI, DE and I looks. Thank you so much. That's very nice of you, Kisha, and that's a great question. Um, I would like to start with a story. Uh, some years ago, when my daughter, my younger one, was about three, four years old, uh, we were living in a place that it was kind of like it, but hilly side uh, of the little town in New Zealand and we were walking um, and I was trying to take her to, and I was late for work I had to take her to the preschool and I was dragging her and I said come 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 with me uh, we have to be quick and then after a few minutes of um, walking she looked back and she said look mom where is our house it's so small. We are very far from the house. And that was a moment that actually I was thinking, sometimes we walk and we, we have a long way to go, but we forget how much we have, uh, we have walked already. Mm -hmm. And that was a moment that I was just thinking, 
even with sometimes with the concept of diversity and inclusion, it's tiring. It's tiring. It's tiring. It's tiring. But we also can look back and see some of the things has changed. We have we have a long way to go, long, long, long way to go, but we have come some steps. I agree with you in terms of the change is not happening rapidly. And that is that saddens me and at the same time that excites me that we are working we should work harder and also it's about the dialogue one of the things that i'm uh, seeing that is in a global level very often as you indicated it becomes a concept of the compliances rather than the dialogue and that's the other thing is that we have to really energize our organization our people our uh, uh, people of different faith to come around the table and we need to have that round the table discussion and the dialogue and considering the power imbalance and we need to make the power balance across all the people around the table so that's one of the things that i see in the global level is missing the other aspects that is, it's a challenge in terms of the global level, um, from the concept or even the term diversity. When we define the word diversity, often across different countries, we come across different definition. And that is one of the things that I see is really, we need to have some um, dialogue to understand what does it mean in a global level for example it reminds me this story of uh, uh, Romy for instance who um, who was a poet uh, in 13th century and he has a poem saying there was an elephant in a dark room Mm -hmm. they sent people as uh, to touch this animal and say what they think it is Someone touched the uh, trunk and said, oh, it's a hose. Another person touched the, the ears and said that, oh, it's a fan. Someone touched the belly and says that it's, it's a big uh, uh, box or something. And every person, they looked at it from their own perspective. And that comes again to diversity. Organizations, countries, states, Different people look at diversity from their own perspective, from their own angle. And that is one of the things globally we need to recognize it and seeing that how we can, uh, we, can, we can change that perspective and make it united. And I believe that from the perspective of inclusion and equity, we can actually change the, uh, or create the change and make, make a difference. Dive, from diversity to inclusion or i would i would like to call it sense of belonging there's a journey Mm -hmm. every organization has to go through the this journey and it is not a ticking the boxes and unfortunately sometimes organization they see it as a ticking the boxes oh we just do a training and that's it everybody is is trained and everybody's good Mm -hmm. but usually what happens and that is Across the countries that I have seen, across the organization globally I have seen, it's very similar. Some organizations are at the stage of pre-awareness. So it's just basically they have heard some conversation around diversity and inclusion. They want to test the water. They go to the next stage, perhaps around diversity and awareness. 
that's the time that oh they get someone externally as a consultant to come and do unconscious bias training okay yeah we have done unconscious bias training all good we're diverse and then, exactly exactly <laughs> exactly and that's and then it comes the next stage actually no it's not enough we have to have some perhaps policy and a strategy in place we have to have perhaps affirmative actions and all those guys so there are transitional periods so they start moving a little bit toward okay maybe we should do something and then they go to the next stage after they um, they put let's say flexible working hours and all those kinds of, and then it becomes intentional inclusion they are intending and they're they willing to to create uh, inclusion and then after that, after practicing uh, uh, inclusion, for example, having affirmative action, it, it led to intentional uh, inclusion. And then the next stage is the culture of inclusion. So they, they create those culture or the mainstreaming, uh, main, gender mainstreaming and the uh, mainstream, uh, disability mainstreaming. Those are the areas that they start they evolving. And however... A lot of organization thinks that's enough. I got to inclusion and that's it because there was a journey from diversity to inclusion. Mm -hmm. However, that is not even the last stage because that is subjective. They are looking from their own perspective again, going back to the, uh, the issue of the elephant, going back from their own perspective. They're thinking, okay, yeah, we are practicing inclusion. We are, uh, ha we are having a culture of inclusion. And however, that is not enough because you actually need to go and ask your employees, your stakeholder, your external uh, people, for example, you're, you're, you are providing services. You go and ask your customers and clients to find out how inclusive you are. And then when the organization, when people from the organization, when the stakeholders, when the uh, client and the customers, they feel they are connected. They belong to this organization. They belong to this um, entity. Then they, they feel the sense of belonging. That's the circle that we are going through. And that's a circle that a lot of organizations uh, if they want to really practice diversity, inclusion, and sense of belonging, mm -hmm. they would need to go. It's, it's a journey. Mm -hmm. And I think we should move away from diversity, practicing on inclusion, focusing on the I, because inclusion starts with I mm -hmm. as uh, literally as well as intentionally. It's the concept that I is, is a start with I as a person, I as an organization entity. So we need to really focus on inclusion, how we can include more people, how we can help our marginalized group or women or persons with disability to actually to get to the organization, get to the, for example, this society, get to this uh, entity to actually start feeling they belong. So it really, it's a journey that they need to go through. And I love the way that you describe it as, as a journey, um, because as a whole, I think our society is so impatient when it comes to certain things. We want a quick fix. We want to say, oh, we've solved the problem and that's it. But the things that we're talking about are difficult. You know, the bigger the problem, the more intense 
and effort and consistent effort it takes in order to address it and create a solution. And, and, and I, I talk to people about, you know, the things that have happened and they're like, oh, well, you know what? It's a, it's another hashtag. It's another incident. It's another event. Oh, here's another police officer that, you know, was filmed, you know, um, killing or, or assaulting a, a black man. And, you know, we know what's going to happen. Oh, these ones got fired. Yeah, but you were caught on video murdering someone and you got fired, but you haven't been arrested. So, there, so I get that there's a process. I get that there's a journey. But when you, when you start talking about it from the sense of, I think one of the things that we have to be cognizant of is that just because one group finally realizes that this is an issue because they had that elephant perspective. I never even considered that there was a fan on this thing. All I felt was the string in the back for the tail. You know, now that you're aware of it and you're like, oh, okay, we need to quote unquote, start working on that problem. So, you know, let's, let's start having some discussions. Let's start having some groups. Let's look at some ways we can do training and you're doing this, but the person who had the vision and who was up there and who was being, you know, smacked around by the trunk the whole time, they're a little bit more impatient about you getting your stuff together. <laughs> they're like, I told you there was a hose up here. I told you, you didn't listen to me. <laughs> so I think that we have to be aware of the fact that one, there is this 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 need for dialogue and this need for this process and this need to understand the learning journey that we have to go through. But on the other side, yo, don't get upset with me because I'm bruised and I'm battered and I'm impatient and I'm upset. Absolutely. Absolutely. That it took you a while. Look, dude, I was telling you, take let me take your hand and come over here and let me let you touch this part of it. And you're like, no, 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 I know what it is. I see it. I'm over here. And you refuse to see it. So, so when we're looking at events that happen, um, and, and I had another call earlier with, with some, uh, you know, DE&I professionals, and I, I, put, I put this question to them. We see event after event after event that happens. And, you know, in a way you, you start to try to become numb to it because, hey, it's being covered. Okay, here's another one, you know, today. But I always say change is a process that begins with an event. Once we identify the event, then we have to go along the journey. As you just detailed, going from diversity to inclusion to equity to belonging is a process. There's training, there's the consulting, there's, you know, making people aware, there's having the policies and all of that. But when you keep having an event, a triggering event, I will say, what does that do to the process, to the journey, and, and going along this cycle of, you know what, we know there's issues, we got it, we're not there yet, but hey, we're gonna bring in some people to talk about it. Yeah, we're not there yet with changing the policy, but you know, maybe we're gonna hire a little bit more people and have some affirmative action. Uh, we're not there yet with changing the policy, but we're gonna do a little bit more. Like, what do you see in the work that you do when it comes to that? I guess that balance between impatience because you're the one being victimized by it and recognizing that there are some people who 
are like the blind people. They're only seeing the part of the elephant that they're touching. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I agree with you. And that has been one of the things that it has been chain of challenges in many countries as well. Uh, and I agree with you in terms of uh, when we have n- numerous events that is all shocking and still we don't see enough change. And I think one thing is it's important there are systematic approach to uh, to, to the way that uh, uh, we actually want to create the change, it needs to be systematic. Systematic, for example, our education system, also working with the health system, because, for example, how many marginalized people uh, in our society, they do not receive the health care that they, are, uh, um, they need is because perhaps sometimes it's because of the ethnicity has a, is a factor or, or um, the, the age or, or uh, social and, and income level, all those aspects that it's contribute for people not to receive the healthcare that they need. And I think that's, we have to tackle it from the systematic approach, from top to bottom, uh, bottom to top, from, for example, creating a communities and uh, together working, education and education and education just doesn't start with the uh, university and, and the schools, but actually having uh, community centers, working with volunteers, working with the organization, really educating and having the dialogue. And one thing that I, um, that I, I see, it's also its approach that uh, the the policies from government ha- also can create a lot of impact. Um, however, that is not the ultimate goal because sometimes it also creates division. Mm-hmm. For example, when we look at the concept of the multiculturalism and versus interculturalism, how, for example, it it created some um, ism. Uh, including racism in, for example, UK, or, and how, for example, multiculturalism was really nurtured in, in Canada because different policies was approached. So the issue is that the, uh, making sure that the dialogue happens at, at so many different levels, mm-hmm. and from the community levels, from the education levels, from the health level, from the government level, we constantly need to have that conversation. And I agree with you in terms of the act, because we see a lot of unfortunate events constantly is happening. And I, one of the issue is that how we are not just educating the, uh, the, the police, uh, for example, but also how we are working really instead of looking at the differences, looking at the similarity. There is a, one theory is called contact theory or, or contact hypothesis, is creating basically environments, a work environment, a education environment that people from different ethnic background, different, for example, uh, religion background that usually they do not mingle together, creating event, creating project that they work together. Mm-hmm. And this actually creates the concept 
concept of the really connection. So it needs to be systematic. It needs to be systematic with the organization. It needs to be systematic with the government agency. It needs to be systematic in the health system. So we really need to tackle it from so many different angles. So it's the, the, yeah, the, uh, the example of the elephant. Uh, I love uh, the way that you said that when you are hit by the trunk and you are bruised and that's exactly. So let it uh, turn on the light let everybody to see it let's talk about it and that's the other th problem is that a lot of time because of the concept of the compliance people start not talking about it because they don't want to be seen racist they don't want to be seen homophobic but actually let's have a conversation for instance what does it mean what does your race mean to you what how, how do you feel about it H having those dialogue and conversation is so important and also the storytelling having a series of uh, stories and constantly people uh, uh, having those story to to be heard through media through the social media because the stories are powerful the stories of those challenges are powerful to to create change, to champion the change. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And, and I think that it's, it's, it's one of those situations where we have to start humanizing mm -hmm. the issue of diversity and inclusion and equity yeah. and belonging. So many people look at it as a power struggle well, I have mine and I don't want to give you mine because then I'll have less. It's not about giving up what you have. It's about there being enough for everybody. You don't need all the skills. Like, what are you going to do with a 20 pound bag? I can have two, like really. And, and it's this whole thing of not, and, and I, I think that issues around diversity, inclusion, equity, belonging, when people start looking at others as the ism and how we're separate, they don't see my humanness. They don't see that, you know, hey, I grew up in, in the South just like you did, or hey, I traveled to Spain just like you did, or we don't see how we are alike. And like you said, that whole multiculturalism instead of interculturalism, um, they, they used to call America a melting pot. Yep, exactly. And and people are like, well, no, I don't. And, and, but the way they meant the melting pot is, oh, you come over and you melt down everything about your culture and your background and who you are to become like us. And like, that's, that's not, that, that, that we, we're not talking about assimilation. We're, you know, it's one thing if we all bring our spices and our ingredients and our background to make something better, but not, nah, you just want me to like get watered down. We're not doing that. So I love your idea of, and, and your, 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 your point of champion, championing the discussion and the dialogue and the conversation because we need to connect to each other. Um, because otherwise, that's the only thing I can think of as to why you would think it's okay to treat people that are different from you so badly. Um, why companies look at it and say, well, you know what? I'm going to have to tell you, you can't talk to women like that. You, you, you wouldn't talk to your mom like that. You wouldn't talk to your wife like that or your sister like that. So why is it okay to talk to me like that? You know, and, and I think that 
we miss the opportunity to really tell people that this whole issue of diversity and inclusion and equity and belonging, it's a human issue. Absolutely. We're, we're not, can, we're not recognizing each other as being human. When you and I first had a conversation, well, we, we ran past our time because we were just like, oh my gosh, it's great. You think like me and, and I was doing this and you had this experience and great. But other people who immediately look at someone and based on their portion of the elephant. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. You're, uh, you're, there, there is no trunk. I only know the tail. This is all there is. I don't want to do anything that's, that's just, that's different from the tail. Like really, it's a huge animal. We all got a piece of it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so how do you, and, and goodness gracious, we've, we've, we're getting close to our time being over already. Um, <laughs> so, so if you were to leave and, and you talked about, you know, the journey that people go through and the process and, and that cycle, of going from diversity to belonging. And you talked about the need for conversations and, and connections and telling stories where people are open to, um, to hearing the perspectives of different people so that we're not all in this dark room, just grappling on one part of the elephant. If you were to leave people with one thing that they could start doing, like just one activity, um, because a lot of people say, um, I want to do things differently. I want to see change, but I don't know where to start. I think the first aspect is really the awareness. They're starting the awareness by, for example, I usually, when, I, when people ask me, I really want to be more culturally intelligent. Why, what should I do? And I said, from tomorrow, every day, talk to someone. For example, if you're working in the office, Grab someone for a coffee that you don't usually talk to. Go and have lunch with someone, a colleague from another department who is different from you. You don't usually meet for work or you don't usually meet for uh, pleasure. So try to connect with people who are different from you. Create that momentum to increase your, uh, your knowledge of others. And that is the first step. And then when you're actually getting to know, just expand your network, your, uh, your network, because very often we like people who are similar to us, affinity bias. We, we are connected to people. We hire people who remind us uh, our, our use as well or, uh, or someone's uh, similar to our child or something like that. We, tr we need to go beyond status quo we need to go beyond our comfort zone and that's the first step if we want to change we really need to do the change and that's the the first step is just taking the lead and doing things outside of the box outside of the status quo in order to actually increase our awareness and when we increase our awareness then in similarly, when we talk about the, the journey, we go to the next step. We talk about how to transition, how to, to go. So that's also valid for, for an individual as well. So basically creating that awareness, eating food that we don't usually eat mm -hmm. or going to places uh, that we don't usually go. Visiting countries that we don't usually, I mean, when we don't have COVID. Right. <laughs> <laughs> visiting countries that we don't usually visit. 
and having that connection with people different from us mm-hmm. you talk to a neighbor that uh, for example uh, come from another country or uh, having connection with someone who is different age mm-hmm. an elderly person or uh, or a youth per- uh, person so that's the whole idea try to do something different that uh, than usual yeah. that's the first step i would say and and i i think that something like that is so simple but yet it is so profound because that's the one thing we don't do absolutely we stay in our silos we stay where we're comfortable and you know i talk a lot about how change is uncomfortable so you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. And, and I just, I love what you say. If you want the change, you have to do the change. I, I that is that, look, that's a mic drop moment right there. Like, that's all you know. But thank you so much for agreeing me. I'm going to have to have you back because we, we, there's so many things that we love talking about. Um, and I, I love your perspective and your energy and the fact that even though you've been doing this work for so long and you see, you're still seeing that there's so much to be done. Um, you know, you kind of roll up your sleeves and say, okay, that there's still more to do. Um, you know, <laughs> I, you I, so much for having me. Yeah. I, I have those moments where I'm like, yeah. And then other moments I'm like, you know what? I, I need, I need to curl up in my, in my coloring fort with some Skittles. Give me a moment and then I'll come <laughs> back. But right now I need a break. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I always say that with diversity and inclusion, specifically like yourself and, and people who are in this field, it's not, they are not there for fun. It's mm-hmm. not, it, you struggle and you fight every day, but we will succeed. Yes. Well, thank you on that note. No I think that is the best way to end this on that note. Um, I want to encourage all of you. Um, if you, when you visit my website at carsgroup.com, that's K A R S group.com. Um, I have a link there with, with all of, um, Atena's information and the ways that you can contact her and, um, and how to find out more about her and her work. She is in a dynamically interesting, engaging and, fierce woman in doing and taking on this change um, in a way that is impactful, not just where she is, but across the world. And, and I am so honored to have connected with her. But um, with everybody else, um, of course, you're welcome to listen in multiple times. Um, we're on twice a week um, on Maha Radio, as well as you can find us on everywhere where podcasts are available. Um, you can also go to my website at carsgroup.com, K-A-R-S group.com to find past episodes um, and to catch up on what you've missed. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the Cars Group, where we facilitate outcomes by equipping people to embrace and manage change. Thank you for listening in on this episode of Mindset to Mastery, where we like to say we give you the tools, tips, and strategies to change your mindset and master your success. Until next time, stay safe, stay sane, and stay sanitized. Bye-bye.